Welcome again to Falling in Love with Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this day. And as we continue to settle in, Heavenly Father, we know that you will come in and you will sup with us. You will give us your food that will help us to uh, gain more wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So, Lord, I decrease, you increase. Give me what to say, how to say it, and let the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight. We thank you for those that are under the sound of my voice will have an ear to listen here. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, I want to invite you. I like to start out with that because uh, we want to redeem the time because we do know that the Lord is soon to come back and we just don't want to uh, another day go through our days without um, being prepared. So I invite you to ask the Lord to come into your life. You that do not know the Lord in the pardon of your sins, or you just want to rededicate and make sure you have your ticket. So the Bible says, if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can be saved. Yes, it's just as simple as that. And when you do that, you have a right to have anything that God says in his word, it is available for you. In order to receive it, you must believe it. So repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I believe you came and you died and you rose on the third day. I ask that you come into my life. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit. And with this confession, I am saved. So we thank God for you that have uh, asked the Lord to come into your life and also those that have rededicated. You start all over. This is a fresh start. Um, just as we are coming into um, uh, our our newness of uh, summertime and everything just springing forth, flowers and just a beautiful environment. Well, that's how it is when we come to the Lord. So you have the right to take communion. You're starting over. You get a clean slate. He said, I throw everything that you've ever done in your life into the sea of forgetfulness and I never will bring it up again. The only people that will bring it up will be you or someone that knew you. But God is rewriting his story in your book. You don't get to write the book. He's going to lead you and guide you into all the truth and all of his knowledge and all of his wisdom and all of his understanding. So you can learn that he is the way, the only way he is he has the only truth about you and he has the things that you can live life and live it more abundantly. He's the way, the truth and the life. And when you come to him, he will uh, help you to uh, 
understand it better by and by. So be patient with yourself. God waited on you. And so we can wait on him to give us the answers that that we need in his times because his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as heaven is above the earth, so is his ways than ours. So if you don't have a communion set, I uh, ask that you uh, pick one of those up. And uh, right now, just keep it simple. You got bread and water, that'll work. Okay, and this is how it goes. And on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, he blessed it, and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which had been broken for you, take and eat. And in the same like manner, he lifted up the cup and said, this is the blood of the New Testament that has been shed for you. As often as ye do this, do this in remembrance of me, drink ye all of it. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for taking the cup. And now you allow us to also drink from it because you traded places with us. And therefore, we have a right because you have given us that right through your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen and amen. Okay, so uh, we want to um, title this one. And uh, we're going to work with it a little bit. Um, we may not uh, do it next week, but the following week we're going to uh, continue because I believe we have uh, a holiday coming in uh, in this uh, coming into this weekend. So we're going to um, bless you with with something that the Lord will put on my heart for for that particular holiday. Um, also, we want to title this God process in prayer changes things. God's process in prayer changes things. So just like the disciple, when uh, Jesus had finished praying in this certain place, when he finished the disciple, one of the disciples asked him, Lord, Teach us how to pray. So that's what I want you to say within yourself. Lord, teach me how to pray. And like I said, I want to build my case a little bit and teach a little bit on uh, some things. And then we're going to go into that process as the Lord uh, uh, bring us through it. So whenever we translate or we want to interpret the Bible, we must learn uh, the context of a kingdom. Let me say it again. Whenever we want to translate or interpret the things that are in the Bible, we have to learn in the context or within the context of a kingdom. So when we do that, or if we don't, let's just say if we do not learn to uh, put everything into the context of a kingdom, it would be impossible for us to understand the kingdom of heaven. That's just simple. If I don't understand what a kingdom is, then how can I understand the kingdom of heaven? When we take the kingdom circumstances that are meant to form all the events that have occurred throughout the Bible, any statements that God had made 
any of his original ideals or his plans or all of his principles, then we will not get all the knowledge or the wisdom, nor will we get the understanding needed to represent the way God's truth uh, that he says he come that we may have life and have it more abundantly through uh, Jesus the Christ, because God's ways are not our ways. He said that everything that's, that's, that pertains to, to his ways, his original meaning, uh, we can reference that through the Old Testament and the New Testament. We can get um, concordances. We can get all types of tools um, Hebrew, um, what, what the Bible says in the Hebrew language, the Greek language, all those things come together, line up on line, precept up on precept, here a little and there a little, helps us to understand the kingdom. The kingdom is a place in which God referred to us. He referred to us a kingdom and he calls it the kingdom of heaven. So when I say heaven is a place and it's more real than earth, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, the things that are unseen are created by the things that are seen. In other words, heaven produced earth. Heaven is like an invisible world. So let me build my case through the book of Genesis. We know this is the original book. We're all source of, of uh, events took place. Um, so let me read a little bit of that. And then um, wherever God um, lead us next, we'll finish up there and we'll continue um, in this. Because like I said, this is going to take a, a little bit of a process uh, teaching this, but we, we need to understand that uh, that God brought all things to, to a head, to his highest point. He said, this is the end. And when he finished his work, we know that he rested. We cannot add anything to the, the beginning of the word. Said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. This is his final stage. Just as Jesus finished his final, and he said, it is finished. God at the beginning the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit together said, this is the end. And we have to embrace this final result of this process. I said, we have to embrace this. And if we do not embrace this, then we're adding things to what his word has left on record for us. This is the result that he brought all things to a point. The end. And it starts in the book of Genesis. And here I'm going to build my case on the book of Genesis. And then we'll continue thereon. Okay. Now, this is going to give us a little um, refreshment. It said the first part of Genesis focused on the beginning and its spread of in the beginning and the spread of sin in the world. And it culminates in the devastating flood in the days of Noah. Um, and the second part of the book of Genesis focus on God dealing with one man. We know that man was Adam and then Abraham through whom God would promise to bring salvation and blessings to the world. Abraham and his descendants learned firsthand that it is always safe to trust the Lord in the times of famine, 
feasting, blessings, and bondage. We too must uh, trust God in the midst of feasting and blessings and, and even when we're going through our times of testing. So from I, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Joseph, God promise, promises begin to come to fruition in the great nation possessing a great land. Okay, Genesis we know is a Greek word meaning origin. This is the origin. This is the source of all generations or the beginning of all things. And the original uh, Hebrew title, Barisheth, means in the beginning. And this literary structure of Genesis, it is clear that everything that is built around these units, all except the genealogy of the history, which is a summary, and then it introduces the genealogies, and then heaven and earth, which God in the beginning created the heavens and the earth. Heaven created earth. I'm going to say that again. Heaven created earth. So let's build our case here uh, on the word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form. The earth was without form. And void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hoovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. I'm keeping it simple. We're keeping it practical. It's, it's, you can understand this. He makes his word uh, so simple that a child need not err. And God saw, God saw that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And we can deal with darkness uh, at another time, but right now we, we, we're just dealing with the process of um, what God um, did and the result of it. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning was the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters and were above the firmament and it was so and God called the firmament heaven so the evening and the morning were the second day heaven being created then God said let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place one place and let the dry land appear he said let the dry land appear and guess what and it was so and God called the dry land earth and gathered together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herbs and yield seed and fruit trees that yield fruit according to his kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. So. We don't have no uh, problem with uh, understanding that was the result. Heaven created or produced earth. So again, Corinthians 4 and 18, 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, the things that are unseen are created by the things that are seen. And heaven produced earth. And again, 
Heaven is like an invisible world, just like your body, which houses the spirit. You see your body, but you don't see your spirit. So the body is not as real as the spirit. So God, in order for man to relate to God, he used the term country to communicate all his concepts of kingdom activity. In other words, what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a country ruled by a king and a government. The kingdom of heaven has a government also. The Bible tells us for unto us in Isaiah 9 and 6, a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be up on his shoulders. Okay, if we look at Psalms 24, who is the king of glory? The Lord God Almighty. Heaven's government is not like our government on earth. Our government on earth, yes, has a president, has his cabinet, the governors and the lieutenant. It has executive, legislative, judicial, senate's house of Republicans. It has Supreme Court, including all the ministries of this government, like education, economics, and all that, those things that make up this government. But in a kingdom, these things don't exist, okay? The kingdom of God is a person, and the king is the government, okay? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit do not have to consult with any other person, cabinet, or group. Let the church say amen. When he makes his decisions or he wants to create something, hey, this is what the Bible says in the scripture. Who, in, in many scriptures, who can counsel the Lord? This is not to suggest who can, but it's a rhetorical question. No one does God consult, okay, concerning whatever it is he decides, uh, his actions or his ways. He said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. When he speaks, just like E.F. Hutton says, when E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listen. Well, when God speaks, uh, we need to take a back seat because who can counsel the Lord? So this government, this kingdom that God uh, wants to um, help us to understand is so we can understand his words. His ways is not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as heaven is above the earth, so is his ways and thoughts above ours. Who can counsel the Lord? And so when we go into prayer, we must use God's process in order to change things. In order to get things changed, God's process in prayer changes things. Say within yourself, Lord, teach me how to pray. And we're going to continue there in the book of Genesis. And then we're going to uh, get God's uh, take on uh, how we uh uh, need to connect to him in prayer. So we thank God for you. We thank you for tuning in. And this is Falling in Love with Jesus. Falling.